On this episode of EdTech, we talk about the Surface Hub, Microsoft's new product, whether or not that will have an impact on the higher ed technology. Also, Infocom and Bixie are getting together for a cable class. And what is the state of classroom capture software? All that and more next on EdTech. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is EdTech, episode 43, recorded Tuesday, May 3rd, 2016. The Wall Tablet. EdTech is brought to you by our fine group of underwriters, companies like FSR. This is EdTech, the monthly look at higher ed education segment for the AV industry. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host. With us this month is Mr. Bill O'Donnell. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, Tim. How are you? I am doing fine. Also with us is Ernie Bailey. Mr. Bailey, how are you, sir? I'm doing very well today. Thank you, sir. Very good. Uh, our, our token consultant, uh, Mike Tomei. How are you, brother? Great. Thanks, Tim. Uh, and he was new last time, and we didn't beat him up enough, so he came back. Mr. David Huckleberry, how are you, brother? Doing great. Doing good. All right. So very good. Uh, we are one month out from Infocom, and we will um, – actually, when we post this show, we'll post when we're going to do it, but we're going to do it live at our booth, uh, an episode of this. So uh, come on by and, and, and check it out. Uh, you can throw things. We did that last year. We did do that last year. <laughs> I know. You know, and, and, and people liked it, so we, we're going to do it again. So, uh, And I will tell you, um, so it, our booth has has had several iterations over the last three or four years. Let me just say that that without any sort of, 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 of caveat, that this will by far be our best booth ever. <laughs> so uh, our, our team of guys, and I, this is not me, this is Matt Scott and Harry Mead and uh, we're working with a company called Prime View, uh, who does some really, really slick displays. Uh, we're stealing an idea that we got from our friends at AV Magazine at ISE, and we're doing a broadcast uh, studio uh, in our little 20 by 20 area. So, yeah, might actually look professional. So, once in a while. I'm just going to take a trumpet right here and say, it's going to be huge. It's going to be huge. <laughs> we're going to make Infocom hey, great the... again. Yeah, you got to say about the age. Huge. I can't do that. I'm not from. I'm from the Midwest. You forget that. All right, let's kick on with the stories, there, kids. Uh, this one came out a couple weeks ago, and uh, not for nothing, but I, I I enjoy busting the chops of every reporter that that has a uh, an excitement level beyond measure for the Surface Hub. Uh, if you're not familiar with what the, what the Surface Hub is, here's the synopsis. <clears throat> Microsoft said, "Hey, let's get into the AV industry and this whole." Uh, huddle space collaboration space got a lot of smart people together uh, bought a company that did um, interactive touch uh, displays and slapped Windows 10 in it I'm being a little bit suspicious this year but but put Windows 10 on it they've got cameras they got speakers it's it, it is it, in theory it's an interesting piece however they had delays upon delays upon delays which happens in manufacturing what happens in in developing a new, a new technology um, but so many, so many delays that it became a running joke, at least in the AV industry. Um, they finally announced that they are shipping. Currently, uh, AVISPL is one of the ways you can get it. Uh, Whitlock is another one. They uh, Microsoft is 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 
taking a very heavy-handed approach when it, when it comes to the distribution of this specific product. I bring this up in EdTech uh, because we didn't get a chance to talk about it last month, and, and I wanted to get you guys a sense on it. Um, Ernie, I want to start with you. you you've got a lot of, of yeah spaces where your students can get together, and Ernie works for a college that uh, primarily um, medical, right? Um, yeah, health science. Health sciences. Is this interesting at all? I mean, is is the service hub going to make an impact on on the higher ed space in any way, shape, or form? I think it will in some places. Uh, I'm not seeing it here right now. Uh, you know, we're basically building our own using other products. Uh, you know, uh, taking an interactive board and a computer, dedicating it to it. Uh, and sticking a camera on top of it uh, when we need to, uh, and that for us right now is much a much more economical way to do what the service does. I think as the industry matures a little bit uh, with these devices, uh, we'll probably be looking at them. But uh, I, like I said, I think it's neat. It's a uh, tablet computer that you can't carry. <laughs> Well, yes. uh, I mean, that's pretty much what it is. It's a, it's a great big surface. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I Dang mean, it, Ernie you know, stole my thunder on this one. <laughs> yeah, I can see some places to put it, but not that many on our campus right now. Uh, but once again, I, d I do think it's a neat product. And, uh, if they do deliver, uh, finally, it will be great. Uh and once again, I know a lot of campuses that will use it, and we'll probably see it in a few specialty places, but not necessarily in a huddle space at the cost of it right now. All right, all right, Bill. He stole your thunder, so you can you get it back a little bit. Oh, what I do you do think? I, I can I can uh, regroup and get my own. Exactly. Uh, so no, that's fine. Um, I can understand from where Ernie's coming on this one because um, our our own uh, nursing department is very big about these things but from a touch perspective he you know like with with like a lot of our nursing students we have uh, large-scale displays um, in our basic skills labs and everything and those are like 80 90 inch displays for them it's really more of okay you're here guys you you end up going over to your beds go and you know go and start your processes and everything else and start to get these things going the display is really meant for you know everyone can read what the you know what today's lab is um but on the same side though i can see adoption for this taking over say where um smart is kind of trying to is is kind of getting more into the here we're doing more digital whiteboards um that you can push to your you know you have the app to push to your phone and everything where i can see like k through 12 or colleges of education using that as a alternative to the smart board with the you know with the uh, lamp extension or projector on the short throw, um, eventually. But you know, at the same time, I think my, my bigger concern is uh, whether or not IT departments can say, "Hey, can we put our our image onto this thing?" Or is it you know just Microsoft has a proprietary image for this thing? Here you go. Well, and David, so, he, he, uh, Bill brings a good point. The one thing that uh, a lot of the pundits are saying about this, and this we're talking about pundits like Wall Street Journal and and, and Forbes and stuff is that this is Microsoft's play to the enterprise, right? Because it's Microsoft, because IT has 
such a, uh, let's be honest, they have a certain trust level when it comes to Microsoft. They know the product. They can yeah. do stuff like images. David, from your standpoint, does that give them an advantage? When I think you, so. I think where, where we're going to see it play is in the uh, Polytechnic Institute, where they're very heavily invested right now in Office 365 anyway. Okay. Um, they're even looking at the Open L or the LMS 365 that's built in. Um, their thoughts are that students don't need to know how to use Blackboard or Canvas or whatever. That's not a skill they need. They do know how to, need to know how to use Excel and all the other Microsoft apps. So I think the fact that it is Microsoft is what's going to get it in there. And right now they have a spot two floors below me waiting for theirs. Um, so uh, Seriously, kind of already? Reserved. Yeah, I, they've been waiting a while. Um, they came back from a conference. You know how that goes where they go to a conference yeah. and they see it. Um, so the technology and innovation people have been looking looking to get their hands on it for a while. They're kind of doing, like like Ernie said, uh, they've been kind of making it work with a, a TV and some, some different mirror cast and, and doing a lot of stuff there. But they have a very open... Um, poly, it's kind of a competency-based education anyway, so they do have a, they want to have it over in a spot where they can pull together quickly, stand around it, work on it, touch it, and then walk away. So I think that'll be probably the first place we see it. I think rightfully so, our education department seems to have held off. They don't see that K-12 is going to be able to afford it for a lot of years, so there's no sense of getting really fired up about having one in their hands to for training purposes. So Real I think quickly, gonna... uh, I'm sorry, go ahead, David. No, I'm done. Uh, real quickly, where just out of curiosity, where are they getting it from? It, it, who do you know? Who what what integrator are they ordering? No, it from? I don't don't know where that's getting it from. I know they got the funding from a grant. It's been kind of sitting there for a while, so they were hoping that it would they would start shipping before the end of our fiscal year. That they'd have to go through the process again to get it funded. So, um, so they're when I talked to them the day before yesterday, they had just got notification that they were going to be getting it, but they didn't have a time frame yet or where it's going to be coming from. Interesting. I'm, I'm, I might have to take a. A, a trip up to Purdue, because uh, seriously, it, 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 just to meet yeah. David, but but I, I'm that right there. That's the most interesting part of the story at this point, right? Is uh, I think Lindsay Adler, <clears throat> we had her on when we were talking about it. Uh, She's from um, New Bay, uh, SCN, said that's the next story of this, right? Is once people start getting it in their hands, and well, not in their hands. To, to Ernie's point, you can't carry it, but but start getting it on their walls and. And utilizing Maybe it. if you're Andre the Giant. <laughs> if you're Andre the Giant, yes, or LeBron. Well, engineering engineering went with the um, the Intel Unite software, mm -hmm. um, which kind of is just a, a computer hook to that, but it, it gives them some of those same collaborative natures, but it doesn't work very well. Um, so there, that's why they're not wanting to do that and roll that out in more places. And so every, yeah, everybody's just anxious to get their hands on this and see if it actually works the way as advertised. Yeah. All right, Mr. Tomei, uh, take a little bit different different angle on this with you. This is a product that, that we've said and, and widely known that it's delayed more than three times. Um, yeah. <laughs> how do you design for that? <laughs> I mean, how do you? So so last year at ISE, ISE 2015, they, they finally had it on you know, a show floor. So for the last, let's say, 14 months, it's been something that people could at least look at. They had specs with. How do you how do you spec for that? How do you design for that? I am not. I fall into the the camp here of not really understanding why um, everyone's making such a big deal about this device. So um, I probably wouldn't uh, design for it to begin with. I feel like it's. Um, uh, you can get a lot of, like everybody has said here, you can get a lot of the same features from other interactive collaboration uh, displays. 
um, but it's th this one is a lot more expensive, and um, I just feel like some of the benefits don't really outweigh the cost here. Um, so I I um, probably wouldn't uh, design for it. Um, I, uh, I I think there are a lot of other alternatives out there, um, and a lot cheaper. You know, you can install two or three of the competitors' products before you're installing one of these. Um, but uh, it kind of gets back to to you know designing for uh, any sort of new equipment, um, you know, how gutsy are you that you're going to be the first one to throw it in there and and um, put it in your install? Um, and in this case, I don't know. I need to really see another demo. I saw the demo at Infocom, and I kind of thought, no, yeah, it's nice, but you know, it's not. I don't think it's groundbreaking. So uh, I really would need to see it um, operating flawlessly to be able to say to somebody, yeah, it's definitely worth that money. Um, well, hang on for a second. You, nothing works flawlessly. Let's start there. <laughs> I mean... A light switch works flawlessly. It's on and off. Okay, I'll give you that. A light switch, a, a yeah, basic, you, you know, one zero light switch works flawlessly. <laughs> yeah. But a nothing else. screen at times can work flawlessly. Screen no, they can't. Screen the screen, the, the, the springs can break. And flawlessly. They, all right. Yeah. Okay, so things work flawlessly. Never mind. Let's move on before I get told I'm wrong again. Um, technology yeah. fails. Te exactly. Yep. The sun rises, I make coffee, technology fails. You know, that's that's yeah. kind of the, the things in life. All right. The best thing to do is have a boss that understands that. Exactly. Sunrise, sunset. Matrox is unveiling. I'm totally just ignoring you guys. Um, it's from AV Network, speaking of New Bay. Matrox is unveiling a mo the Monarch LCS Lecture Capture Appliance. So, here's the, 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 the in, in just in basically in general, this is this is Matrox's entrance into lecture capture, which is kind of why I wanted to bring it up. Um, this is a subject that we've talked a lot about on this specific show over the last good lord three or four years. Um, everything from Extrons and, and and AMXs and Crestrons and, and um, hard hard uh, hard uh, um, hard drive based. Um, Hell, even tri as I say, even even uh, uh, TriCaster is, even tri is, is kind of yes. moving in on those things. But. So, Bill, let's start with you on this. Is you know, first of all, is the product interesting enough to at least consider when you're when you're doing your next refresh or you're doing your next you know your your next update? Um, or is lecture capture one of those things where it's preferable to stay in one ecosystem? Is it is it kind of like a control system? Um, <clears throat> I'll, I'll go with this one in that, uh, I'll give Matrox credit in which, uh, they're taking the same path Extron is, in which if you read the specs on that one, there's both a HD SDI in, and there's also a HDMI, um, in. So it's one of those, if you are having it done by your broadcast guys, they can go and do this. If you're having it done by just your, uh, in-house AV support, they can take care of it too. It's one of those, like... You know, either party can take care of it, kind of thing. Um, is it interesting enough to where I'm going to look and change it up? Ah, uh, probably not. Only because our broad, at least for me, um, our broadcast guys handle most of those things already, and they've got a, a what I call the road case of hell, in which it's no, no, it's a TriCaster, it's a whole mobile production suite, and they just roll that thing into wherever we need to happen. And lecture capture for us is not that often, but then. As I say, our, you know, you're talking to the same guy whose uh, faculty fought him on chalkboards. So, you know. I'm sorry, what? 
Yeah, no, we put in glass boards and they wanted chalkboards back. And I'm like, no, that's not happening. No. <laughs> Actually, I, I want you to write a piece on, on your on your glass board. Oh, what will eventually be my, my coffin? Sure, yeah. no problem. <laughs> it's a very interesting story. I don't want to get into it now because this is, you know, half our program yeah. but no it's a very it's, it's kind of cool what, what he actually did so uh david let's let's get your your take on class capture well, um, i was kind of interested in to read this article I mean, purdue is very invested in echo 360 and then they've okay. really made some changes here recently to, with their active learning platform to where we're going to have to license a lot more than just lecture capture and lecture capture is really what we need and what we have spread i think every every lecture hall has either appliance or the PC-based lecture capture. Um, so we're struggling right now with how to justify the added expense for all of the bells and whistles that Echo 360 is adding. So for us, this might possibly be, because they mentioned partnering with Kaltura, which we use for our video storage, it could be something that we could go in and drop in where, where we have the appliances, which is probably, I'm thinking, about 55 different lecture halls. Um, so. If it's if it's capable, it gives us an option out because we're really kind of stuck behind a rock in a hard place of changing one way or the other or staying with Echo 360 and going with their new licensing. So mm, very good, uh, Ernie. From your standpoint, what's because uh, you guys have have lecture capture as well? Yeah, we use lecture. <coughs> excuse me, lecture capture. Uh, the one thing that I find interesting here is they talk about their integration with uh, learning and management systems, and that's what makes or breaks the deal for us because, you know, we, we use Blackboard here and finding a, uh, an appliance that will output without much faculty uh, touching it uh, into the learning management system is, is a big deal. You know, uh, our faculty want to be able to go in, they give a lecture, when they walk out, it's available to students. They don't want to have to do anything beyond that point. Uh, and, you know, right now we're using Blackboard Collaborate as our lecture capture tool. Uh, I like devices like this. Uh, I've looked at several of them. I have not looked at the Matrox, but I've looked at Matrox. You know, we use a lot of Matrox uh, gadgets in our systems, so uh, I don't have a problem with them. I'm all, they're always reliable. Well, yeah, and that's hey, the one if thing. I could just uh, yeah, back up something first. Cool. Um, and Ernie's, Ernie makes a good point on this one. And yes, we've talked about lecture, cap, uh, as I say, learning management systems to death. But the big thing with that one is, though, is that usually when it comes to schools, Greg, uh, um, uh, may, may he rest in peace on this one, but Greg was well, Greg's well, not dead. well, well about on this one. Anyway. Trying to start rumors. Yeah, but Greg, if anything, when he was at UCLA, uh, had multiple. They had multiple learning management systems, but most uh, most schools and everything usually in the wrong one. This is the one we're sticking with. Um, you know, Ernie, just like me, we we we've invested quite a bit in Blackboard. Um, other schools may go with Canvas or even Kalutra, and. For integrators to go and say, or sorry, for manufacturers to go and say, oh yeah, no, our stuff bridges directly with Blackboard, with Canvas, with Kaluja, with the big ones. Um, from a, a, a technology perspective, yeah, that makes life easier for us because it's one less thing that we have to kind of, for lack of better terms, kind of help spoon feed the faculty on. Right. So okay, you know, our it, it's, it makes life easier than. Go ahead, Ernie. So, so our faculty won't put up with with anything that's not like that, you know. Uh, we're kind of unique in a health science institute. You know, 
I have professors who lecture two hours a year. Wow. Uh, you know, they're, they're specialists in their area. They do research, they do surgery or patient uh, care, but they come and they give their, their one lecture for two hours a year. And it's just as important to the students to hear that one as all these others, but it's not worth that instructor's time to learn what he has to do to make it work. He wants to be able to walk in the room, put on a microphone, talk and walk out. And that's all he has to learn, know about it. So I need something that's going to be simple for them to use. And we have a lot of people like that on our campus. Yeah, which just has to be, you just have to walk in, push a button, or maybe not even push a button, just go. So. Yeah. All right, Mr. Tomei, is this, is this an interesting product? Is this, Should they be getting into this this area, or, or, or is this area saturated already? No, I don't think it's saturated. I think it's a pretty interesting product, actually. Um I, uh, it's competitively priced to some of the other products out there that um, uh, that are similar, you know, like Extron's SMP351. Um, especially, you know, Extron just released a uh, the dual recording upgrade for mm-hmm. the 351. Yep. And uh, Matrox is uh, saying that this device can do that, um, which is nice because that um, a lot of uh, these back-end video management um pieces that people are using, um, uh, you can have the, the dual recording of uh, a camera content and then um, your presentation content. So uh, it's nice that they uh, are doing that right off the, the bat here. Um, they're also paying attention to control, too. They they say they already have a Crestron module for this, which um, Huge. is nice. Yeah, yeah this seems pretty serious about uh, control, which is um, the first thing that always comes to my mind when I see uh, lecture capture. Um, you know, you had mentioned uh, in the past people like to keep um, lecture capture maybe within all one uh, ecosystem, I think is how you worded it. Mm-hmm. Um, in the past, that was probably necessary to have, you know, the same company making the box that did the recording in the room and then the back end uh, video management and storage and that sort of thing. These days, it seems like a lot of these companies are, are uh, playing well together, uh, Matrox and Extron and Others um, will say that they um, integrate, you know, as they say, seamlessly into uh, a lot of these learning management systems and other video uh, management uh, systems out there. So it seems like they're all willing to um, to work together. So I don't think you have to keep it in all one ecosystem anymore. You can really um, start piecing it out, and then it it gets a lot more cost effective to. Uh, to kind of uh, piece it out like this and, and put in uh, recorders from different companies. And uh, you're not going to spend a fortune on lecture capture like you were uh, maybe five years ago. You know, it was a lot more expensive. So, mm-hmm. yeah. All right, guys. Uh, last story here for this uh, for this week, uh, or at least this month. Um, so Infocom <clears throat> has had a long history with, with Bixie. It's a good relationship they have. They, they do standards back and forth. Now they're coming out and developing with Bixie a... Uh, an online category cable course. Um, according to the, the, the release, it's a foundational training course for AV and IT professionals working with high-resolution video and real-time audio. Uh, Mike, we'll start out with you with this one, and, and actually all everybody on this panel, uh, myself included, has had has volunteered on some level with Infocom. So this is kind of where our, where our backstory comes from, is, is we've all had you know experience with Infocom, and some of the uh, standards they put together, and some of them have, have done with Bixie. 
Is this something that Infocom had to do, Mike, with Bixie, or could they have done this by themselves? No, I like the fact that they're teaming up with Bixie on this. I think Bixie is is really um, at the forefront of of structured cabling as far as um, AV goes, and I um, I could talk for a long time on on uh, structured cabling and and probably what they're going to talk about in this class, but. Um, I feel like if you if you looked at Crestron or Extron's support database, there's a huge number of trouble calls that come in because of like poorly terminated RJ45 connectors on uh, HD base T systems. Um, I think structured cabling and and field terminations is a huge topic right now, and I'm glad that um, that Bixie's kind of at the the forefront and Infocom is teaming up with them. I um, I think the AV industry really needs to start subscribing to the IT industry standards as far as um, no field terminations of RJ45 connectors, everything terminating to um, to punch down jacks, and using um, pre-made um, uh, pre-made patch cables rather than um, than you know terminating in the field. I um, I've seen many many issues these days with um, uh, HD based T cabling. That people are putting in, um, for example, the Crestron Ultra cable is a, a Cat 7A cable. So each twisted pair has its own foil uh, shield around it, and then you have a braided shield around the cable. Um, so if you've taken the DMCE class and learned how to terminate those cables, um, there's a lot that you have to do to properly terminate um, the, these new shielded uh, uh, Cat cables, and um, it's really easy to mess up those terminations. Um, so I think that it's a great idea that Bixie and Infocom are really addressing this because um, I think the AV industry has to go that route where um, HD base T manufacturers are um, going to uh, start producing punch down uh, patch panels just like you see in, uh, in IT closets. You're going to see those in um, AV racks and um, pre-made uh, patch cables for the AV industry that are going to have to be used because in the IT industry they're not doing what we're doing, um, where we're uh, directly connecting and field terminating devices to switchers. Um, the the IT industry doesn't do that for a good reason. When and I'm I'm I'm, I'm going to hold you this because I've been I've been I've been looking for that and and waiting for that because folks like Extron and AMX and Crestron. And HD base T and you know Avenue Alliance and all these folks that that rely on category cable have been trying to get it into the AV professionals' head, especially the in, in the installers, that this is category cable. This is not a VGA connector with with an RJ45 on the end of it. So let's start treating it as such, meaning patch base and punch downs and 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 termination points. Um, so when do you think that's going to happen, Mr. Tomei? Well, so it's happening now uh, with people like myself, that uh, consultants that have to write specs. Um, I know that uh, um, a lot of us are um, not allowing field termination. Um, there's always cases where it needs to happen. Yes. Um, but um, in general, um, it, people need to be specifying the fact that um, these cables need to terminate to a punch down jack and then a pre made. Um, a pre-made patch cable needs to be used between that jack and the device, um, and even in the rack. Um, I know that uh, um, manufacturers, uh, I know for a fact manufacturers are coming out with these types of um, patch panels, exactly like you see in IT closets, 
um, so that uh, you know the the IT people are not connecting a switch port to a uh, wall jack off uh, you know somewhere on that floor. Um, it's going through that patch panel and um, punching down to a jack and that sort of thing. So um, I know for a fact that um, AV manufacturers are coming out with those types of uh, panels very soon. So. All right, Mr. Ernie, yep. what do you uh, what do you come down on? You know, having Infocom and Bixie together with this. I like seeing them together. Uh, as Mike said, you know, if the IT professionals that we work with and we team with now uh, see that we have Bixie training, it, it goes a lot further in us knowing what we're doing or them believing that we know what we're doing. Uh, more than anything else, uh, gives us a little bit of credibility. I also like the fact that, that you know this this is an online course, but it requires a skill demonstration component. You know, as they say here, you have to take a picture or a video of you terminating and testing your cable. You know, I think you ought to have to put your cable in the uh, in the path of your class. You know, uh, to prove that it works. Uh, I would agree with that. <laughs> Seriously, you know, let's, yeah. Let's make you know, sure that it... you're, you're final. You made all the cabling, you know. Yeah. Uh, um, but once again, I, I think it's great that they're they're teaming up together. Uh, I think we're seeing more and more of that coming, and uh, I like it. You know, I think it strengthens Infocom when they partner with external groups that are related to them, but. Uh, you know, sl slightly different. Uh, I'm I'm going to say this probably also strengthens uh, Bixie uh, in the AV industry. Hmm. Okay, that's a good point. Uh, that's one thing that that Bixie has. Ernie, Ernie makes a good point because Bixie has had a on again, off again relationship, not with Infocom necessarily, but the the industry in general. Industry, right. Yeah. yeah. All right, David, uh, your take on on uh, Infocom and Bixie coming together for this? Well, I don't have a lot to add to what they've already said, but I do have a question of, do you feel like this is going to be something that you add to a certification for hiring? And how long do you think it will, they'll have to vet that process before that'll be added? I mean, that'll be what we look at is as we hire our AV professionals, um, is there some sort of vetting process that we go out and do, have somebody take the course, um, and then approve it for our new hires? That's a good, that's a good point. Ernie's, uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't think I would use it for new hires, but I would ask anyone who's going to be terminating or working with cables uh, to take the class after they're coming after they've come to work for me if they haven't already had it. So supported professional development then right. after you yeah. right. Program. And you know, we would probably give you, you know, two years from the time you're hired to go through the course or whatever. How long do you give them for CTS, Ernie, if they don't have it? Just so uh, just just to give people a, a okay reference, we have uh, several layer levels of employment. Okay, a basic technician, it's called an associate level. They do not ever have to get their CTS. They won't ever get out of the entry level position without it. Uh, then we have an intermediate uh, position, which if you have your CTS, you can move into that. Or you know, I can I. Or if I hire you in and you don't have it, but you have, you know, at that point you're going to have to have extensive experience in the industry. I would probably give you a year. If I hire a senior, 
And once again, if they don't have a CTS, they've got major experience somewhere else. I'd probably give them 18 months, two years. And that, yeah. that was something we would negotiate during the hiring process. The hiring process. So you guys don't have a standard. You have to have it by X amount of days. Uh, for all of them right now, I state, you know, for the intermediates and the seniors and leads, you know, you have to have a strong justification not to have it when you come to work for me. And then depending mm. on what you're coming in to do, and, you know, if, I mean, if I hired uh, an intermediate or a senior to work on some of the projects I've got going right now, I would probably give them a year and a half to two years just because of where we are on projects and how much time they're going to be able to spend studying for it. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're just uh, kind of overloaded and understaffed right now. But if we were running, you know, at our, at a, what I would consider a normal level, I would probably give an intermediate six months and a senior a year okay. just because of the workload they would have on them. Once again, an associate can take the test at any point. Once they've taken the test, I will, uh, and, you know, demonstrated that they know what they're doing. I would start the paperwork to get them mucked up whenever we, the department had money. That, that's when that would be. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But uh, I, I tell them, and I, I mean, I've got a guy that's been at the associate level for 28 years. Wow. And he knows the AV industry. He knows the stuff as well as any of my seniors do. But he doesn't think he should have to prove it. <laughs> so <laughs> he stays at that level. Yeah. I, as I say, strangely enough, I know a lot of broadcast. Never mind. Anyway. Yeah. I, no, no, I have, I have a program friend, programmer friend of mine. Love him dearly like a brother. Uh, he has the same um, uh, view <laughs> of, of that sometimes. He's been doing it for 25, 30 years. He shouldn't have to become, you know, AMX or Crestron certified or whatever. So mm. anyhow, Mr. O'Donnell, let's let's get back on the Bixie Infocom before I get myself in trouble. Um, That's fine. What, do you, what, what think we? Uh, well, if anything, I'm actually glad that uh, Bitsy is doing this with Infocom. Um, if I have to actually look between who whose certification or whose um, standards I would take a little bit more seriously out of this, would probably be Bitsy. Um, because okay. let's face it, when it comes to, well, when, think of it this way. When it comes to, and Mike's right about this one, when it comes to structured cabling, data uh, data infrastructure, uh, things like that, uh, the Bitsy folk are a bit more um, in-depth about it. And, you know, if you actually look at it, I think uh, Extron, uh, I don't know about AMX, I think Crestron does it, and I know Blondertongue does it, in which... Uh, if you take those courses, you will get obviously your CT your CTS renewal credits from Infocom, but you'll also get Bitsy credits. Um, so yeah, for example, like uh, Extron's uh, yeah, most of Extron's classes all have Bitsy uh, credits that you can get if you go to those. So I think it's once again it's one of those yes in terms of terminating RJ45s yeah I'm. Sorry, if someone it, it, me now, you know, this might be a, a debate at, at a later date. But if if I have between someone who has a Bitsy certification and someone who has a CTS, yeah, I'm going to give a little bit more preference to the CTS. But the Bitsy guy, I'm going to look and say, all right, he's he's coming from somewhere. I'm going to I want to see what he knows, um, because you know what? Here's a perfect example about this. Um, not only does Extron probably have had those uh, same phone calls when it comes to, you know, oh, our HD based T stuff isn't working, or oh, your XTP stuff isn't working. And it probably does relate back to, well, 
Are you using shielded RJ45s? Are you using shielded cabling? Are you using what spec are you using on the thing? Um, and I'll go one further. Uh, I know from talking with uh, uh, some folks, a separate manufacturer, uh, Kramer, um, they actually do use the shield on their RJ on their RJ45 specs. Yep. Mm -hmm. And you actually have to solder the shield to the uh, 40 to the RJ45 because they are using it to transmit data. You don't if you don't solder that, and all of a sudden, oh, everything's not working. Well, did you meet our specs? And so, you know, it's it's once again, it's where I, I give a lot of credit to Bitsy because those guys, it's like, no, this is your structured, this is your structured cabling, this is your data cabling, this is how you terminate our uh, Cat six A, this is how you terminate Cat six. Um, I think they've even gone so far as to, you know, give out specs for terminating Cat seven, which I am going to cringe when we get to that point. Oh, will be that horrible. So either that, take or... a look. At, take a look. They're they're individually shielded pairs. <laughs> Well, there is that. I'm I'm still waiting on fiber to get get down to the point where it's you know. actually. You know, that's the other thing I'm I'm kind of hoping for is that eventually Infocom does like some sort of fiber termination um, uh, pairing. I mean, they could. I mean, hell, they could <clears> probably make a phone call to Corning and they'd go, "Oh yeah, sure, no problem." Because uh, you're right, we are going to have to eventually put things on fiber, and it'd be nice if they had a fiber certification. Yes, because here's the deal, kids. I mean, it, it's it as much as we'll talk about this at a later date, probably actually at Infocom, but. Uh, as much noise is being made by f about 4K, uh, the, the next generation is already here. NAB had probably more 8K cameras than they did 4K cameras, and NAB is National Associated Broadcasters. It's broadcast level, but these are the folks that are creating the content that we're ultimately going to consume, so they're already looking at 8K. Even if Sony and, and some other folks on the display side are not, the content creation folks are the ones who have been pushing this, and not for nothing, but they started talking about 4K and, and the RED camera 12 years ago now. So, so the, the, these are the folks to kind of watch as as we, we wait for, for our next generation and our next iteration of resolution. So, all right, guys, that will do it for us. Uh, Mr. Bill O'Donnell, thank you, sir. Thank you much. How do people uh, uh, get a hold of you or stalk you or find you? Uh, well, they can find me on Twitter and LinkedIn. Um, Twitter, it's the original OD. And LinkedIn, it's Bill O'Donnell. All right, very good. All right, Mr. David, thank you, sir. Thank you. How do people find you uh, besides running around and looking around Purdue? On Twitter at Huck at Purdue or on LinkedIn. All right, David Huck. Uh, also, uh, Mr. Ernie Bailey, thank you, sir. Glad to participate. And where do people find look? Me mm -hmm. on LinkedIn. LinkedIn. All right. And last but not least, Mr. Tomei, thank you, sir. Yeah, thank you. And how do people find you? Well, uh, my website is the best way. It's tomeiav.com. That's T-O-M-E-I-A-V.com. Or um, I'm also teaching two classes that I want to plug at uh, Infocom this year. Yep. Um, yep. IS-02 and IS-49 are the two classes. And um, one of them is a, a phased approach to classroom AV design and installation management and um, the second one is a ADA standards compliance class for uh, classroom AV design so mm -hmm. hopefully I can uh, see some people there all right very good yeah, yeah. go uh, to, to sign up for those classes go to infocomshow.org look under education um, can they search by your name Mike yep they okay. can search by my name and both pop up yeah all right, very good um, yep. My name is Tim Albright. Don't follow me, uh, but go by the website. Lots of uh, really great people have, have put a lot of work in it. Uh, Avnation.tv. Avnation.tv. You'll find this program and a host of others. Uh, we've got a weekly look at uh, all things uh, commercial AV as well as residential AV. Two separate shows. One's called Resi Week. 
One is called AV Week. Um, those two shows include, and this one will also be doing a live version of those at Infocom. Uh, so if you've, you've caught onto this podcast sometime in the middle of, of May towards the beginning of June and you're going to be in Vegas, come on by, uh, we'll be in the North hall. Uh, also we'll be doing a, a networking event we call it a tweet up. It's the AV tweets tweet up, uh, Thursday, June 9th between uh, four and 6 PM at, uh, rooms N two Oh five and N two Oh six. Bottom line for you folks, it's free food, it's free drinks and bring your business cards. It's all you gotta know. So, uh, but yeah, that that is the tweet up. So, thanks so uh, so much for lo- watching. Thanks so much for listening. This has been Ed Tech.